Welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 as we finish off the book. It reads, This is the third time I am coming to you. Every charge must be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. I warn those who sinned before and all the others, and I warn them now while absent, as I did when present on my second visit, that if I come again, I will not spare them. Since you seek proof that Christ is speaking in me, he is not weak in dealing with you, but is powerful among you. For he was crucified in weakness, but lives by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but in dealing with you, we will live with him by the power of God. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test? I hope you will find out that we have not failed the test, but we pray to God that you may not do wrong, not that we may appear to have met the test, but that you may do what is right, though we may seem to have failed. For we cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. For we are glad when we are weak and you are strong. Your restoration is what we pray for. For this reason I write these things, while I am away from you, that when I come I may not have to be severe in my use of authority that the Lord has given me for building up and not for tearing down. Finally, brothers, rejoice, aim for restoration, comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. All right, Chad. So today we wrap up 2 Corinthians, and I'm just very grateful for the way in which you've been present with us for these 13 chapters, and you're walking with us through God's truth. And we really get here to a very practical aspect of what Paul is doing in this book, is he challenges us in verse 5 to examine ourselves to see whether we're in our faith and to test ourselves in that. And so let's develop that theme for our listeners this morning. I mean, you look at chapter 13, and I I equate like the ending of books as like kind of the period. It's like, here's, we're going to land the plane. We're going to actually come back to what we need to remember based on all the truths that were before. Because when you consider what a book is of the Bible, like for Paul to write a letter, there was no chapters, there was no verses. It It was a long letter. I mean, you consider how long it's taken us to read through Second Corinthians. Like that was a pretty extensive letter he was sending to these people, and that was going uh, that ultimately was published and was uh, sent out and was copied. And so we have to be wrong. Okay, like there wasn't this part in like, hey, okay, this is the period, this is the end. No, this is like, hey, we've talked about all these things, and here we come to this finality of it. And his finality here is like. This verse five, you know, we need to examine ourselves to see whether you are in the faith. And we can start putting on like what we think that means, or we can say, okay, I know that for me to be in the faith, like I have to believe one, two, three truths. We have to be having like perfect obedience in our life. And Paul's like, no, that's if you really look at the rest of the book, that's not what he's after. When you're looking at the rest of the book, he it points to Hey, is there actually a dependence on him? Is there reliance on him? Are you trusting in God and putting your full weight in what Christ did and accomplished? Because there's multiple messages that are surrounding the Corinthian church. And Paul keeps bringing him back to like, okay, you need to be about the truth. You need to be about following him. You need to be about being in your trials and your suffering to actually stay close and know that there is comfort 
in that. And so that's be my way is like, if, as you're examining your life, is that what it comes back to? Are you depending on Christ each and every day? Are you seeking to learn about him, to know him? And then are you increasingly seeking to follow him through obedience? And that's what the testing of faith is. That's going to be the fact of, uh, for you, is, is there perseverance and consistency in your faithfulness to God? Again, not perfect, but a growing consistency. Um, because that's what I think you can get caught up in as a Christian is like, it's always the humdrum of, uh, I can't do it perfectly. I can't do it. I can't do it. And so you get discouraged or you're like, hey, we got this amazing grace in our life. We've got forgiveness. I can go on and just go on saying, and I'm like, both are wrong. Both are not meant for your life. You have been given grace for forgiveness so that when you're feeling discouraged, you can remember, hey, I have the grace of God in my life that I can actually have the power. He's at work within me to actually obey more perfectly and take that step. Take that one step to faithfully uh, do that. But then also say, okay, there's things in my life I can't let go on. Because they're destructive, they're deceitful, they're taking me down a road and a path that's leading to my destruction. And so I've got to repent of that. And if you're really not there and like, oh, you know what, I don't care about that. Like, But I believe in Jesus because that will get me to heaven. I'm like, oh, you need to pause. Because God's not, he doesn't make it an easy calling. It's free. It's a free gift. It costs God everything. But even that, he's actually calling you to something that's very costly for your own life. When you trust in Christ, you're saying, I'm going to follow him, and he is going to be the Lord of my life. I'm going to do what he says and commands, and that's the true evidence of a follower in Christ. And so, again, you're going to have to, one, wrestle with that, but, again, wrestle with in the fact, are you actually dependent on him for everything? And so I think there's sometimes can be a disconnect there, and I think that's what Paul is wanting to drive home for the whole letter is to actually depend on God and to trust in him and to believe his truths. And so that's where, you know, for myself, I think over the years is always that testing of am I actually believing in what God says and then trusting that by how I live. And I don't know about for you, Lee, like what you've seen in over time of what belief and trust, uh, how that has played out in your life. Yeah, and I think one thing I would say with that, Chad, is it's not always like a paper test in terms of what we're thinking that he's handing us. It'd be easy if he's like, hey, write down all of these truths that you know, that you can recall from your mind, that you've memorized uh, from the scriptures or from other places. But sometimes it's the test of life. And how is your life processing? Or sometimes it's a trial or a hardship that comes into your life. And so at those times when, you know, I know a lot of our listeners may have struggled with some things that I struggled with desiring from God, like, God, I want to go to this school. God, I want to have a spouse. God, I want to have this type of a job that provides for everything that I have. They might be walking or getting ready to walk into seasons like that where they're saying, hey, this is how I know God will love me is by him giving me these blessings and listening to the desires of my heart and those types of things. But in those moments and in those opportunities, they, they weren't the answers I was looking for, but they were the answers that were the answers that said, hey, I want to try and test your character to develop who you are as an individual to see if you're more worried about 
what Lee wants or what God wants for Lee. And so testing us through those things. But let's go back and let's use some of the words that Paul has used here in 2 Corinthians. And that testing and that trial where you feel like God is not present, he's the God of all comfort. He comforts those who are in affliction with all of the graces that come with that. And so you start to see like, great, if you are going through this testing of life, don't forget the God of all comfort is there with you. And so we would look at this and sometimes people look at people's lives and say, bad things are in this person's life. God must not be pleased with them. No, that's not really the case. Bad things are in this person's life and God might be the closest to that person that he's ever been. In revealing himself fully to that person who is experiencing him in such a great way that it's even hard to explain to others. Because we know that when we experience the sufferings of Christ, we also experience his glories. And that's a huge, huge thing to understand. And an easy thing to write down on paper, but a really hard thing to live out in our lives. And so let's remember, hey, it's not just a test of can I say this? Can I check this off? Can I do this? But it's a day-to-day check of our lives and how we're responding to what God is doing in our lives. And I really appreciate verse 14, how he wraps it all up here to say that the genuine person who is following and who is living for the Lord is going to have these demonstrations of God's work in their life. And those are things that, you know, unless we're deceiving ourselves, can't be denied. We look at verse 14, it says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do we understand and live in light of that grace? Do we understand the love of God the Father, how that's been poured out upon us? Are we people who take that love and then spread that love to others? And then finally, do we understand the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the way in which the Holy Spirit ties us to other believers, allows us to participate in that koinonia, that mutual partnership for the sake of the gospel, where we're putting aside our own desires and elevating others and serving others rather than ourselves. And it's it's one of the most clear pictures for me of what a believer's life should look like. And he really tries to, you know, land the plane with that for us today, Chad, is that thought of, hey, this is what a person who says they can pass the test, how that develops with them here and that. And so any other thoughts you'd like to leave with our listeners as we wrap this up? Yeah, I think the thought that Paul leaves is the same Paul we, or thought we have that you lose. Who we, I think what, how to illustrate this is uh, I get a lot of those junk mails coming from me saying that so King so-and-so has this big millions and millions of dollars for you and all you have to do is this. And you look at that and thing, thinking is like, yeah, that that's not true. I'm not going to follow that. But what we find in Scripture about these three things, about the grace, the love, the fellowship, it is an inheritance of Christ. And what Christ the King is saying is like, if you trust and believe in me, I am going to give you this inheritance that you would never be able to have for your life. And I think that's what it's reminders, the richness that we possess in Christ that just will, oh, that overflows whether we recognize it or not. And so if you have truly believed and followed, is that you followed Christ, is that you find that there is incredible grace. And each and every day that you can faithfully live is you'll see more and more of how that grace is present in your life. And that grace is undeserved. And some of the things that you can look back at 2 Corinthians on some of the things that we do not deserve is one, the comfort. 
the comfort of God, to walk through the trials and sufferings of life, to think about the power that's at work within us. It's not something that we deserve. And you, you can go through Scripture and more and more identify those things that are far more abundant present in our life than what we recognize. But it's there, and it's not deserved in our life. And then the love. It's a reminder like the love of God is that He wants to actually pursue, be in relationship with us. He pursued us. He's the one who's after us. And even as you're looking at 2 Corinthians, it's like, God is after the Corinthians' hearts continually and going. And he's jealous. And what he means jealous, he's zealous for to be in relationship with them. And he wants them to come to him and follow him and be in harmony with him. And so we consider the love of God. The love of God doesn't mean he's passive. I think that's what you think about. But the Bible calls that flattery. Just for you to for God to let you do what you want to do is flattery. And that's not who God is. God loves you and wants what's good for you. And so you have to remember, like, in these hardships, in these trials, is that the love of God is bringing you through him. Is he makes him present with you, and it's going to give the necessary provisions to actually live through that. And so he's after you. So one, pursue him, pursue him, because and pursue him with a faithful, loving heart. And that's again that relationship aspect, and that comes back to the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Is like we get to have a harmony fellowship with God that never belonged to us that. We could have never done that to think that we get to even approach the throne of grace, to think about the Holy Spirit indwelling our lives, to be with us, um, is just so unfathomable because we are sinful, fallen creatures. And you'll continue to sin. I continue to sin. Yet the Holy Spirit continues to be in fellowship with us. And so it should take us great comfort, um, but it also should challenge us. And that's what I hope is through this podcast, through any scripture reading is that you are challenged that, okay, I have reassurance and confidence of God in my life and that he loves me and he is pursuing me. He's giving me grace. But I also am challenged to say, okay, anything that impedes me or that God doesn't want my life, I want to actually remove because I love him so much. And so just being mindful of that, that as you're walking through is to get help if you need help. There's many areas where you will get caught into sin and just feels like, I can't do it. And so first it's reminding like, you can. You can in Christ. He's going to give you the power and the strength to overcome any sin in your life. But then secondly, think about you need help. We're, we're dependent fallen beings. I'm not a super giant. Lee's not a super giant in the faith. Um, we need the body of Christ. We're both in accountability relationships because, one, we need other people to speak truth and grace into our life. But we also need checks in our own life to say, okay, for us, so we don't get caught in sin. We need to be sharing things of our struggles and how we need help. And so that's what I'd say is you need that in your life. I remember me being middle schooler and high schooler. Like I was very, very self-conscious. And I had a fear of man. And I wanted to impress people and prove. And I thought I had to be this great, good kid. And so I did it with all my power and hide so many things that were struggling in my life. And I wasn't sharing them. And as I was able to actually open up more and more and be able to share these struggles in my life is the more help I found, the more grace that people brought into my life by what they said to me, but also helped me then take steps of faith in that, to actually be more bold for Christ, to actually be more open uh, about my struggles, to actually get help. And so that's why hopefully you're encouraged by that. The reason, as we think as ourselves of believers, it's not because of anything we do. 
It's because of what God does in our life. And so we can take what God gives and all these gifts and faithfully pursue him and faithfully take steps of obedience. And if you do those things, you're going to see more and more of how God's love is in your life, how abundant it is, how abundant his grace, how abundant his power, how abundant his comfort. But it means that you're going to have to take those steps of faith when you don't think you can, when it doesn't seem possible. Um, but you're going to have to do it in order to see all those things on display. And so that's how I want to leave you. I hope, again, you are encouraged. Second Corinthians is a book on God's comfort. And you got to remember, that's what it's defining throughout this book. And that comfort isn't what you think comfort is. That comfort is how God defines comfort. So be willing to receive that. Be willing to grow in your understanding of that. And then be willing to remain in that. And truly God will comfort you in any situation, in any circumstance. And it will be for his glory and for your good. Know today you are loved. You're